When I think about why I decided to become a teacher in the first place, I believe it primarily was because of the role models who were, are in my life. Pete Springer, from his book, They Call Me Mom. Welcome to Tea, Toast, and Trivia. Thank you for listening in. I am your host, Rebecca Budd, and I am looking forward to sharing this moment with you. I am delighted that I am traveling virtually to Eureka, California, where I am meeting up with writer, teacher, and mentor, Pete Springer. Pete is a former elementary school teacher, grades two to six, in Eureka, California. He said he retired in 2016, but what I have read, he is far from retired. His passion will always lie with supporting education, kids, and teachers, which is demonstrated by his dedication to lifelong learning. What is lifelong learning? When does this journey begin and how is it nourished throughout our stages of life? How do we inspire others to embrace the joy of learning? These are the questions that will be discussed today. I invite you to put the kettle on and add to this exciting discussion on tea, toast, and trivia. Welcome, Pete. I have been looking forward to this conversation. My pleasure, Rebecca. It's really nice to be here with you. I remember when I first met you on the blog and I said, I know that we are going to meet one day and I'm going to hear all about what lifelong learning is to Pete Springer, because that is what is embedded in every one of your posts. It's exciting to read and you always give us something to think about. I think that's just the teacher in me. You know, I may be retired, but I just can't quite let that part go. When you said you were retired, let's really define retirement for you. Retirement is just switching gears, a time to try new things, new experiences. In the back of my mind, I always thought of trying many different things. You put that in the horizon, you think, well, someday I'm going to try this. I'm there. I'm at that point. It's time. No more excuses, just time to get out there and do all the things that I've always thought about doing. You taught elementary school for 31 years at Pine Hill School in Eureka. The question is, when did you become involved in teaching and why did you want to be a teacher? After I graduated from high school, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life. And it was tough watching friends who seemed to know exactly where they wanted to go in life. I didn't. And I went to college for a year without really any purpose. And after a year, I dropped out, moved to the Bay Area, got my first apartment with a friend, and that was perhaps the most important year of my life because it forced me to grow up. And after a series of dead-end jobs, I had to move back home, which was a very humbling experience at the time. Then I got more serious about college because I knew I didn't want to live 
the way I was. And as I was working on my general ed, I took a job in an elementary school as a one-on-one aide to a boy who had muscular dystrophy. And I discovered I had a talent for working with children. And, and it also made me feel good about myself. And I thought, maybe I should become a teacher. Once I had a goal, I became more focused and motivated, earned my liberal studies degree and teaching credential. But I got more than I bargained for because I also met my wife in the teacher credential program. Isn't it interesting how serendipity brings us together? Sure is. You and your wife had this wonderful connection with teaching. You could collaborate and get information and ideas. It's really something to be married to someone in the same profession. Although we were slightly different levels, she was a preschool teacher and then became director of the same preschool. Since I was teaching second through sixth grade, almost every year I would inherit two or three of her kids. That first day of school, when I would talk to the kids and was getting to know them, I would say, how many of you know Teacher Debbie? And oh my gosh, you should have seen the big eyes. And suddenly I'd earned my street cred. You write that even when you retired in 2016, your passion will always lie in supporting education, kids, and teachers. How do you provide the support outside of school? There's so many ways. I still volunteer in schools, and I still enjoy being around kids. Since I have the unique position of living in the same city where I taught, I frequently run into former students. Just like a lot of teachers, I'm invested totally in their lives, even though I'm retired. I've been to birthdays and graduations and weddings, housewarming parties. I even meet with students for breakfast to catch up and just see where they're at in their lives. And then as somebody who believes in the importance of literacy and education, I joined the Humboldt County Children's Author Festival Committee. And that's just a wonderful group that brings nationally known children's authors into our local schools every two years. It's a group that's committed to literacy and through grants and donations from the community, we fly the authors in and put them up at the nicest hotel in town for four nights. And then while they're here, then we take them out to our local schools and they get to meet kids face to face, talk about their books, the life of an author. And it's just this magical moment where you see the lights go on in the children's eyes, and they would just be so excited to meet real-life authors. I would see the excitement. It was like a moment you were seeing authors born, as if they were about to decide, yeah, I can do this too. So it was just really pure magic. People of all ages love stories. So one of my latest pursuits has been to go out to our local assisted living center and read to seniors. And that's been such a wonderful experience. Who doesn't love stories? There is no age limit on people enjoying stories. I'm only into it for my second week now, but I'm planning to go back twice a week. 
I've got some people who want to see me, and that feels pretty good. As I was leaving, one of the ladies said, I made a new friend. You need to come back because I want to find out what happens in the story. That just touched my heart. Well, we are connected by stories, not only with who we are today, but with the past and with the future. And as we age, I think stories become even more important. What I especially appreciate about you, Pete, is that you connect with people through stories that allows them to explore their belonging to a community. So everywhere you go, you build community with stories. I believe that's part of me, but it's part of most humans. The joy of literature is hard to put into words sometimes. One of the things I miss the most about teaching is simply being in front of a group of kids and sharing the joy of literature and seeing the eyes light up and kids enjoying the voices as I imagine how I think the author intends the characters to sound. I really enjoy changing my voice. And so I'd get to pick up the story the next day and, and the kids would say, that's not Mr. Simmons' voice. And so I'd have to try to remember what accent I was using the day before. I had such a good time with that. Then I wrote stories for the kids to perform. We did a lot of skits for the school. And, you know, a lot of those were silly and we had a lot of fun, but there were always lessons embedded in the skits. And I usually wrote a part in there for myself. So that was part of the fun, just sharing the joy of learning with students. When you are a child and you are learning for the first time, that first connection to the teacher is essential because that will provide the foundation for what will happen in later years of study because the whole idea of learning is learning how to learn, isn't it? It sure is. Something that you develop as a child and every experience that we have shapes the kind of people we are. One of my most important roles as a teacher, first, I have to gain my students' trust. And the rest kind of takes care of itself if they show up and they know, man, my teacher likes me. I want to be here. Learning takes place the day we're born till the day we pass. I totally believe that. You wrote a book called They Call Me Mom. I love the title. You designed it to pass on what you learned from your teaching experiences. And this was directed to the next generation of teachers. But I have a feeling, Pete, it can be directed to all of us. So tell me about the book, They Call Me Mom. By the way, I just bought it. Oh, that's good to hear. Rebecca, when I retired, I went through, I guess what, I would call my debriefing period, I began to write down my thoughts about my career. I really didn't have any intention of writing a book. It was just something I was doing for myself. But I realized, boy, you've got an awful lot of important things to say here. You've got to share this with others. Then, of course, the obvious question is, well, who are you going to share it with? And the answer was pretty obvious beginning and newer teachers. 
My book was what I call a combination of a memoir and advice book. It's my story, but it's also things I learned in my career, working with children, their parents, colleagues, dealing with discipline, all the things that teachers do on a daily basis. And as a beginning teacher, you're suddenly you're the one in charge and you're faced with all these important decisions that you might not feel prepared to make. And the great thing about most educators is we're a team and we help each other however we can. Writing the book is, was my way of giving back to a profession that had been so good to me. And I had so many fabulous role models. Well, if I can help new teachers the way others help me, then I feel like I will have carried on the tradition. I did want to make mention of the title because all elementary teachers, it's kind of a joke, they call me mom, is related to the fact that all students are kind of on autopilot when they say it, and they are always asking mom for help. Well, sometimes I was mom, but all elementary teachers get that. It's not just me. It was a wonderful comparison. I thought, well, that's just like the greatest compliment ever. What was the first day of being a teacher like? Any anecdotes? Oh, yes. It was magical. I could hardly sleep the night before. I was so excited, scared and excited, but more excited. There I was in my classroom and First students walked in. I was teaching a fifth and sixth grade classroom. You just see all of this potential and you just want to help them in any way you can. I was new to the school, so quite a few parents came in to check me out and make sure their children were comfortable being in that environment with a new teacher. You have to build trust also with the parents, they have to know that you're in their corner. You're on the same team. One of my favorite things to do was to attend at least one extracurricular activity of each of my students. The kids just couldn't believe that their teacher was at their soccer game or their dance recital. And that was so fun for me. They treat you like you're a rock star. I'd walk into a grocery store, they're seeing you out of context in a place they don't expect, and yell out in excitement, Mr. Springer, Mr. Springer. And part of fun of that was then also seeing the faces of the other shoppers <laughs> looking at me and thinking, who the heck is this guy? He doesn't look like anybody famous. <laughs> <laughs> I read that as a child, you visited your grandmother, Lena, in the Chicago suburbs. You were fascinated by her old Braille typewriter. Now, you were too young at the time to appreciate what she was doing, but you did understand that she was helping people by transcribing printed material to Braille. This was a pivotal moment for you. Does a lifelong journey begin when you are a child? Every experience that we have is imprinted in our brain. And if our loved ones are selfless and giving people who care not only about themselves, but also about the community and the earth, then I believe that we're more likely to inherit and model those same traits. 
And that's why role models are so important. As a teacher, I certainly understood my responsibility to teach a curriculum, but the bigger responsibility in my eyes was to teach my students life lessons, perseverance, empathy, responsibility, kindness. Being a teacher is an enormous responsibility, but it's also a privilege. How many other people get to come to work each day and have the opportunity to change lives? Pete, would you do me the honor of coming back on Tea, Toast, and Trivia and reading from the book, They Call Me Mom? Oh, certainly. I would be thrilled. It's fun to share my words, share my thoughts with others, and to think that someone will benefit from them makes me feel like I had a good reason to write the book. And speaking of books, I understand that your future goal is to write children's books. When can we expect to hear more about that exciting pathway? Oh, I wish I could give you a definite answer to that. I really can't right now. Everything I've been doing in the past two to three years is in preparation for that time. I've been taking writing classes. I joined the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. I found a wonderful critique group that meets each week, and we help one another with each other's projects. I'm reading tons of books in my genre, which is middle grades, the age I taught. I just think it's really wise to learn from those who have done it. And I write something each day. I've been blogging three years now, and I'm just trying to improve all the time. What started as something casual has become something I'm determined to master I have one novel that's ready for submission. I've completed the first draft of another. I plan on being a contemporary writer because I want to write about the problems that kids face today. I'm going to give myself a year, see if I can find an agent. If I don't, I plan on self-publishing. Eventually, it'll happen. I've learned to respect the process. I just take one day at a time. And any day I learn something new is a good day. It is indeed, because learning is an iteration, isn't it? We always think it's these huge leaps, but it's always those little incremental steps that lead maybe to those huge leaps. I believe in taking inspiration from any source that I can. I'm 63, but I know others that have been in their late 60s, even in their 70s, and started to write. That's pure motivation. And I take inspiration from everybody. People like to give me credit, but the credit really goes to others that have done the same thing. And when someone has success in any profession, any endeavor, it's inspirational for the rest of us. And so I figure if I can inspire somebody, then that's going to make me feel awfully good about myself, too. How can we nurture our personal learning journey? Well, I believe the first thing that we must do is we must have patience and respect the, the learning process. We never 
should stop learning. The analogy I like to use is to think of a general contractor. A contractor acquires skills slowly over time, and he or she may be good at some things, but they still have to learn others. The natural thing is to want to focus on the finished product. But what we need to concentrate on the most is acquiring the skills to get to where we want to go. As the old saying goes, Rome wasn't built in a day. And what works for me is to develop a mindset of not comparing myself to others, but to look at my own journey and how far I've come. I am a much better writer than I was 12 months ago, even six months ago. But learning is a continual process, and there is no finish line. As we leave the conversation, which I really don't want to leave, is there any last words? I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, Rebecca. You keep doing what you're doing because you're reaching a lot of people, and that's something to be proud of. I challenge everyone to get out of their comfort zone and push themselves and not giving up easily when we come to a hurdle. The most rewarding things in life are often acquired through hard work and perseverance, but those are also the times we feel best about ourselves, empowered to meet other challenges. Newt Rockney said, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And I embrace that time to try new things. So that's where my head's at and I'm excited. And if I inspire somebody else in the process, then that's a win-win situation. I have enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, Pete, for sharing your insights, your journey, and your passion for supporting education, kids, and teachers. Your dedication to promoting the teaching profession and lifelong learning inspires us to explore learning at whatever age we find ourselves in. I want to add this thought that is found in They Call Me Mom by Pete Springer. If there were one thing that I wish my readers would glean from my thoughts on education, it would be to understand what a profound influence that a teacher can have on his, her students. You are inspiring and empowering the next generation. Listeners, thank you for joining Pete and me on Tea, Toast and Trivia. I invite you to connect with Pete on his website, Pete Springer, and on his Amazon author page. These are places that celebrate the joy of learning. Until next time we meet, dear friends, keep safe, keep learning, and be well.